Hey guys, if you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash let's not panic. Maggie and I really appreciate all the support we get there. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia and back again the super duper long way. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota Foreigner that's now our home. That is now our home. <laughs> the triumphant return of Shadow. Yeah. It actually went overall pretty well. I think you're just farther away from it now because the day that you <laughs> went and got her, you're like, this is not going well. <laughs> well, okay. So there's two sides of it. The parts of the planned thing, like getting it into the port, getting it, dealing with the company to get it out, that all went really well. It was, you know, like I said, $400 about to get the shipping company that manages the terminal to take Shadow out of the container for us. Mm -hmm. But they did it. There wasn't any Mm -hmm. hassle. There wasn't Mm -hmm. any like, oh, surprise, we need to hold you up for a week and pretend like there's a big problem like there was when we went to Columbia. <laughs> They're like, listen, you can have the car. You just can't have anything that's inside. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. And <laughs> also, given all the buildup, like we had all this anxiety about the propane cylinders. Mm-hmm. And I was really worried about cleaning the undercarriage because there was supposed to be zero dirt. Yeah. There was still tons of dirt no matter what I did. Yeah. None of that was a problem at yeah. all. Um, but so that all that went really smoothly. Mm-hmm. What didn't go smoothly is starting shadow Mm -hmm. shadow would not start yeah and uh it was pretty i was pretty sad because it was like oh yes triumphant i you know when we walk up actually say i say we but when i walked up and saw shadow i got really excited yeah they're like oh yeah uh, it's not starting (laughs) you're gonna need a tow truck yeah um so that was a little rough uh, I tried for a little while. So the, basically the, the symptoms of the problem, mm-hmm. not to get too deep into it. I mean, but you do have a technical corner for just um, these purposes. Just because people are probably on the edge of their seat right now people. wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Our people, Maggie. Okay. <laughs> uh, the starter failed. So the symptom of that was that when you turn the key in the, in the ignition, there's like a da 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 to kind of start it. But it didn't turn over is what the term is. Uh-huh. So, But also the starter didn't just try once. It didn't just make one click. It was going consistently. The lights were fine. The radio was fine. So I knew the battery was functioning. Yeah. Anyway, I tried to fix it myself in the, the shipping yard and ended up needing a tow truck. There will be more about that later in the show. Yeah. So meanwhile, while Adam was taking care of all of that, I was back in L.A. with my family. Um, and the day that he went to go pick up Shadow, I went to pull money out of our debit card. <laughs> or my debit card. I didn't realize they're actually different numbers. Yeah. Um, and it got declined. And I was like, oh, no. Because, <laughs> like, debit's, like, your legit cash. Like, how much money do you have for reals? So having that be declined was like, ah. <laughs> so I called in. And they were like, oh, yeah, have you been to Panama? <laughs> and I was like, actually, no. Like, yeah. that's, like, one of the places we haven't been. <laughs> I love and that that's like, our reaction. Yeah. Actually, no. Yeah. I mean, because they're listing off all these things. And they're like, is this charge in Namibia real? Is this charge in South Africa real? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's all <laughs> legit. And then they're like, did you try to spend $350 at a sushi restaurant in Panama? And it's like, 
no <laughs> hard no yeah. so i called adam while that was going on to be like hey did do you know that there's something wonky going on with our card and he texted back and was like i cannot talk to you right now yeah. you are just going to take care of this because well, you texted me while i was trying to yeah. remove the starter from our forerunner which turned out to be very very difficult yeah um and not possible with the tools I right had. so um adam spent a couple days on my in miami on his own mm-hmm. and then i flew out to atlanta and adam drove up north to meet me there yeah we determined atlanta was the best city for like a direct flight Mm -hmm. It's nice to not have multiple stops. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was also a very charming city. We really liked it. Atlanta is like super cool. Yeah. It's beautiful too. I I would move there. Yeah. It's it's on our list. Yeah. Of I would move there cities. Our fictional list of places we pretend we would move like Austin, Texas. That was our first one. Actually, no, Denver was our first one. Denver. You said Denver. I didn't put it on my list. No offense, Denver, but I like Boulder and Maggie says that there are too many white people with dreadlocks there. Okay, you don't have to. (laughs) I did say that. Yeah. (laughs) So in Atlanta, we went to their aquarium, which is like internationally famous and one of their biggest destinations because, you know, it's kind of cool to now experience the United States as tourists. Yeah. We're totally in parts of the country that we don't know jack shit about or you know what we're doing and we want to see all the big sites definitely tourists yeah so we went and saw like the whale shark exhibit at the aquarium which was very nice yeah and um we also went to the Tallulah gorge state park that was our next stop after mm-hmm. we left atlanta mm-hmm. um we have been trying to choose nature places mm-hmm. we are on the be- so atlanta is the beginning of the appalachian trail mm-hmm. that's kind of the the kickoff or the end point for it. And so that's like a famous trail. It runs the, there's like the Appalachian mountain range that runs all the way up the Eastern seaboard. Yeah. Starting in Atlanta. And this was like a notable place for it. And we've been trying to pick all these nature places to camp, but they are jam packed with people. It's the summer. And I am, I'm getting kind of sick of these like state park and national park campgrounds. I don't know about you, Maggie. Yeah, I am a little bit too. It's not necessarily that it's so jammed packed with people although that's also kind of true it is also just that the campsites are built like on top of each other yeah like there's like no privacy in Mm -hmm. between them so i think we've gotten kind of spoiled on what like an established campground can be like yeah we're really spoiled like when we stayed in an established campground anywhere in south america it would be like maybe four or five campsites two or three other campers there Mm -hmm. lots of room to spread out yeah here it's very built up it's very well established but you know it's not it's also more expensive and there's also more people there's lots of kids lots of, <laughs> lots of chaos no no the camping kids it's like it, i loved camping when i was a kid but i was a banshee running around with my bb gun just oh god doing, shooting who gave cones. you a bb gun it was like my 13th birthday i, think. I was gonna say but still there's no way anyone gave like 10 year old adam a bb gun that's <laughs> just yeah. I'm not even your parent. I know that's a terrible idea. Don't arm the 10-year-olds. Don't arm you, period. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we went from Tallulah's Gorge State Park to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah, it was a beautiful park. Um, it's mostly big rolling hills with lots of trees on them mm-hmm. and like fog and stuff like that. It's pretty. I yeah. liked it. We went on like a little mile hike. Yeah, mini uh, hike. Yeah, mini hike. And I feel like that's like a good segue into the culture shock mm-hmm. thing. That was the first <laughs> that's been happening. moment of culture shock for you? No, I just feel like in terms of this podcast. Oh. Because um, we're like, 
sensitive California people with our, you know, fussy Californian ways. Um, and now we are in a completely different part of the country. And I would say that the culture shock is deeper than when we were like in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting comment. The comparison point. I don't know if it's bigger because of the language. Like you're, you're not ever missing any of the subtext. You're picking up on it. But I think the fact that you're picking up on some of the subtext and you're and you know you're sure of like everything that's happening yeah. makes it weirder. But Maybe what do you mean? It's specific? not that it's bigger. It's that it's um, more profound than I expected, considering yeah. the fact that we're all in the same country. Yeah, this is our country. We all share a nationality, so the fact that there's like this huge culture shock. What do you mean, though? What, like, um, what are some examples? Okay, Oop. I will list some examples. As it pertains, first of all, to the Smoky Mountains National Park. Okay, so we're on the hike, uh-huh. and. Um, California has like a fitness obsession. That's true. So like there's that. And then we go here and it was a really easy hike and there were people just like really struggling up it. Young people. Really young people. That's what was startling. I'm not at all surprised to see like a retired person struggling to get up a hill. Like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Like you paid your dues. Mm. Now I'm making you walk up this hill. Like, fuck you. I get it. That's (laughs) fine. It was people our age being like having to like sit down and you could see them just like, you know, really struggling up the hill and you're like man california really has like a fitness thing yeah i mean this is part of our culture this is like a half mile hike on a paved road on a very smooth uh like nicely angled road so it was like it was uphill kind of but it wasn't ever too bad we both like breathed a little more heavily Mm -hmm. but we could make it up and i think some of that also too has to do with like the fact that we're not smokers yeah. Because I heard a lot of people being like, when can I have a smoke again? And like that kind of thing. So I was like, whoa, culture shock. Um, and then <laughs> from there, we went to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. And we got awesome barbecue, which was delicious. More on barbecue it. later. Yeah. Um, second great profound moment of culture shock. When two guys came into the lunch joint packing fucking huge heat yeah. on their side. Revolvers. Like they had revolvers on their side. They were huge guns yeah. strapped to their belts mm-hmm. for lunch. What's going to happen at lunch? Yeah, and to be <laughs> clear, not law enforcement. Like just. Oh, yeah, no, it was just two guys carry. in a big truck yep. rocking the open carry. And I was like, oh, shit. And so then we went also to the Natural Bridge State Park mm-hmm. and ran into a guy there wearing a Confederate belt buckle that was, like, huge also packing heat. Yeah. The Confederate thing is definitely a real real issue down Not here. to mention just There's the like, like real Confederate flags of, yeah. flown in earnest on cranes and like very public things. Yeah. You're just yeah. Like, oh, Ooh. and forgetting also my favorite moment. Oh of yeah, it. This, this one was <laughs> another barbecue restaurant. This was a runner up. Yeah, we've yeah. had a lot of interesting barbecue restaurant moments, but yeah. this is definitely a I think our predilection for eating barbecue is gonna keep putting us in these like culture shocky moments. <laughs> This was the best one, though. Um, so it was at this chain, actually, called um, uh, Mission Barbecue, which mm-hmm. was delicious, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, really So good. I don't mean this to be an aspersion on the restaurant. No. So just to get all that out of the way. Um, so you walk in, and first of all, there's a huge plaque on the front that's like 9-11 Memorial. And you're like, this is a barbecue restaurant, but okay. And you walk in, and the whole thing is military-themed. Mm-hmm. All different arms of the military, and also um, fire and police just like basically any kind of like public service. Right. And just lots of slogans on the wall yeah. about what 
the mission and your yeah. the mission is always to be faithful to the country. Right. Et cetera. Right. So, okay, that's fine. Very patriotic. Cool. We get it. You support the troops for real. <laughs> <laughs> I kept turning to Maggie and being like, do you, I like this restaurant, but do you think they support the troops? Which you should not have done that while we were inside there. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we get our barbecue and we're eating it and it's like delicious. And we'd gotten a, we'd gotten there a little early because it was basically also breakfast. We were having barbecue brunch because mm-hmm. we're classy like that is that our is, point. It's one of the best ways to have barbecue, <laughs> really. And then over the loudspeakers, because it's like a big restaurant, you hear this voice and they're like, right now, just as we do every day at noon, everyone stand for the national anthem. And you're like, <laughs> what? Please, <laughs> please join us yeah. in the national and anthem. Everyone stands. And there, I had that moment right when he said that. I was like, maybe not everyone's going to do it. Maybe right. This, no. Maybe it's not real. Like, I totally looked around too. I was like, play. is anyone going to just keep eating their lunch? No. No, everyone. And everyone I, I had like a mouthful of coleslaw. <laughs> and I, I felt, uh, you know, I immediately had to stand too. Yeah, no. So actually, because I talked about this with people on Twitter. Okay. And Sweemat, friend of the show, uh-huh. was like, did you stand? And I was like, yes. Of course. Of course we did. Right? For, yeah. Well, first of all, because like, I'm not looking to confront anyone in a fucking barbecue restaurant. I'm just trying to have some barbecue sauce. Yeah. And secondly, I felt like we handled it exactly the way we would when we were in another country. It really felt like that to me. Yeah. That, that's actually what I was going to say. When I was standing, I kept having the silly urge to smile and feel, because I felt silly. I, f- I was like... We're trying to eat some smoked meats right now. Like that's all that's <laughs> happening. Here. This is not like yeah. a, a patriotic exercise, but mm-hmm. but this is really bizarre to me. And I like had to stop myself from smiling and not yeah, like, and like giggling. Be super respectful. Yeah, because this is not our house. Right, and it felt like this. Like, well, this is not my country. I mean, it's not my place to say it, but it is my country. <laughs> I feel like because I've been reflecting on this a lot since it happened. Uh-huh. Um. I'm not necessarily offended by the idea of like singing the national anthem more often. By the way, there were people that were singing singing along. along. Yeah, you and actually, I was kind of moved by that. Where I was like, okay, like we think that this is weird, but this means a lot to a lot of the people that are in here. And like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to treat this exactly like I would. It's a cultural experience. In another country, it was a cultural experience for Um, us. And obviously, their relationship with what they think you know, the American military is up to and does is really different than mine and worth celebrating at lunch. Um, At lunch. At lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I was reflecting on that I tried to get to it, I'm having a hard time because my like liberal hippie parenting is coming (laughs) like so hard. Uh But like it's not not worth it to to be reverent to people's service, I guess, was like a thing that I don't think about very often. Mm-hmm. And okay, and like that's the best thing I can take away from that. It's like it's not reverent to what the military does. It's reverent to the people in it and who have served and like lost their lives. Like, y- I, And I understand yeah. that. I'm not trying to disparage that. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like where there is a line where yeah. it's like where is that line? Like yeah. are you going to join the national anthem in the bank line no are you going to join the national anthem at the beginning of movies like yeah it definitely felt like okay a stand-up comedian that i'm palsy with on twitter tweeted back when i tweeted that this had happened and he was like where are you north korea <laughs> and i was like point taken but no <laughs> yeah 
uh, North Carolina, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or that was in Virginia, actually. Yeah, that yeah, was in was. Roanoke. Um, anyway, that was like, it's just, it's been a lot. Yeah. It's been no. a lot of Confederate flags it's and guns and different culture, military and make America great again hats. It's a big country. The United States is, so is a big. very large country. There Although are a lot of different people. states are so small. Yeah, we've been killing states <laughs> left and right. <laughs> We're just murdering states. Yeah. We drove through Tennessee in like an hour and a half. Yep. <laughs> um, well, Adam, mm-hmm. as a hard transition away from anything that's potentially offensive, shall we get into your technical corner? Yeah. As much as I like offending people, um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, yeah, technical corner this week, I actually hinted at it. It's just what is a starter motor? Mm-hmm. This is a piece of equipment that's attached to your battery. It takes electricity out of the battery, and all it does is like kick off the process of your engine running. When your engine's running normally, when it's like idling or even when you're driving... There's multiple stages. We'll just call them, they're called strokes, right? But like, just think of them as steps. And it's like step one, step two, step three, step four. Or like boom shakalaka, right? Like four things that happen in series. And it's just like over Wait, and over and what's over. What's the boom shakalaka? Boom shakalaka. Actually, that's six. But that would be a six stroke engine. I don't know what the, it doesn't matter like <laughs> what the multiple steps are. I want boom shakalaka to mean something, Adam. <laughs> I, I don't know well enough to okay. do a good job. There's something about compression. There's something about bringing air in. There's something about bringing fuel in. There's ignition. Mm-hmm. And then there's taking the re- recoil of that and using it towards the next step. So that's how it runs normally when the motor's going. But in order to have the motor go, you need something to start the process. Mm-hmm. And that's all the starter motor does. It starts the engine by what's called turning over the engine, mm-hmm. and that cycles in air for that first combustion that's going to happen inside the motor. Mm-hmm. So when I turn the ignition, I would hear that grinding noise that I mentioned, but I wouldn't actually get that turnover. The engine wasn't actually starting, so I knew that the starter failed. I was trying to take it out in the port, and I was actually not even really allowed to be in the port where I was. It was mm-hmm. just like one really cool guy like really sympathized, and he's like, oh, you know, you should try hitting the starter really hard, and, he, and which is a thing because the starter can kind of just get jammed. So if you hit it really hard with a hammer while you're trying to start the, the ignition, like turning the ignition key, mm-hmm. sometimes that fixes it. It didn't work in this case. And so he's like, well, you know, if you take it out, you'll probably be able to just loosen it up and put it back in. Um, and I actually had replacement starter contacts. It's one of the spare parts that I included. Mm-hmm. So I tried to take it out, completely failed at that, and ended up needing to call a tow truck Um but anyway, that's what a starter motor does. Yeah. It just ties into your battery and gets that whole boom shakalaka process going. I don't even believe in boom shakalaka anymore. Yeah, you wouldn't, though. <laughs> you wouldn't. Maggie? Yes. What's in your self-care pillow fort for this week? Yeah. Well, now that we're back in the United States, um, I have purposefully been taking a few days at a time to ignore the news. Hmm. What's the thinking here? (laughs) Okay. Um, I think that it is too much to PMS (laughs) and be aware of our current events simultaneously. Were you PMSing? That's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I may or may not have been kind of cranky for the last few days. Yeah. You probably didn't even notice because I'm such a a ray of sunshine and a perpetual flower in the garden of pleasantness. That's weird. (laughs) Um, it's too much. And I was also reading a book called Hunger by Roxane Gay, which is amazing, but also really upsetting and kind of confrontational and forces you to deal with your own ideas of your body and how you treat the people around you at the same time as telling her story about it. 
And um, I just couldn't take being aware of current events, reading that book, PMSing and camping all at the same time. And I was like, I can get rid of one of these things. That's actually very admirable. <laughs> That's good self-awareness. Yeah, it yeah. just it's too much. So especially since we're ubiquitously surrounded uh, with people who likely don't share the same political ideology as me. Mm -hmm. I don't know that when I run through their country is the best time to be like really hyped up with opinions about all of it. Like it seems like a good moment to kind of be checked out and be like, you know what? This is just about making eye contact and having pleasant conversation with friendly people. That's good self-care. Instead of being like, you probably don't agree with me about anything. Yeah. You know, not focusing on that. Yeah. Like this is not the time. Yeah. (laughs) This does not help me. Uh Um, So that's my self-care pillow fort. Mm hmm. Adam. It's good self-care, Maggie. Okay, so we're not in Argentina. No, we originally conceived of Adam's meat counter yeah. when we were in Argentina. Mm-hmm. And I now see that that is very foolish. We are in <laughs> the land of meat here in the South. It's true. Barbecue meat. We were really excited about the barbecue in Austin. So and Austin had delicious barbecue. Austin had bomb barbecue. Really good. But Adam, but how many ribs do you think you've eaten in the last week? <sighs> Individual well, ribs. I don't want to... It's not going to sound that impressive, I don't think. it's. I'm really not going to exaggerate. I think maybe 65 That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but in my defense, uh-huh. five or six of those were big beef ribs. So those are a little beefier, you know, a little more meat. Oh, my God. I'm serious about this barbecue. It's really, really good. And so all I wanted to add this week is how to know when you're in a legit barbecue place. Because Ooh. Maggie and I happened across the Haywood Smokestack. Is that right? Or no, Haywood Smokehouse. Haywood Smokehouse, yeah. And we went to this place, and it was so good. Yeah. Mind-blowingly good. Yeah. And when we were leaving, we were like, I'm pretty sure we just stumbled into, like, a famous barbecue place. And it You turned, said that. Yeah, I was like, that. This we're going to be like, oh, we went to the Haywood Smokehouse. And people are going to be like, yeah, the Haywood Smokehouse. And you liked it? Hmm. Big surprise. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this place was delicious. But the two things that I'll point to right now as Mm -hmm. good barbecue place signs are the plates are paper. They put whatever it is. Like, (laughs) they'll give you a platter of some sort. Even a tray is fine. But then it's overlaid with butcher paper. Uh Uh-huh. And this is for a lot of reasons. Oh, I know what your second one's going to be. Oh, really? I do. Okay. Let me finish this one, and then I'll let you take a guess, because I'm curious. Um. The reason you want the butcher paper is because it gets a little greasy there. Let's be honest. Like, this is some greasy meat, and Mm -hmm. it helps absorb it. Mm -hmm. It makes the whole cutting experience a little bit better, and it gives you a lot of surface area Mm -hmm. to work Mm because you want to put some bones here. You might have a little project going on the side. They're mixing on some different sauces over Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. You want to have a little space. Mm -hmm. So that's one sign that you're in a legit barbecue joint. Maggie, what was your... uh, Paper towels on the table. Roll of paper towels. Paper towels on the table. (laughs) Yep, because you know it's going to get messy. Yeah. You, you got to get in there. Sometimes they don't give you just one napkin and hope that you wing it. You have meat <laughs> on your hands, on the tops of your hands. Sometimes it's on your cheeks. How do you get it on the tops of your Some, hands? That happens to you consistently. Sometimes it's on your forehead, Maggie. You just <laughs> that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a that's a good sign. And yeah. also, just having a lot of different barbecue sauces that they have like paragraphs description about mm-hmm. like the different qualities. It's the way that like in California wines are described. Uh huh. But it'll be for the barbecue <laughs> sauce. Yeah, but for and the barbecue I am sauce. so much more into having barbecue sauce explained to me at length than wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much more. So anyway. I have to say, mm-hmm. 
California barbecue is bullshit compared to the bar- barbecue yeah, we've been eating. Especially, you know, we're in San Francisco. We have two that pop to mind, Memphis Minis. Mm-hmm. And Memphis Minis is fine. It's, it's fine. It's All of this fine. is fine they now put, that we've had this. They put soy sauce in their marinade, so I can't really enjoy my favorite parts mm-hmm. of that because it's, it's all gluten And Southpaw in the Mission. Oh, yeah. That's, but that's, that's more of like fine. a fancy So thing. here's the thing. And also 4505. They're it's a new all place. Fine. But it's all very expensive. It's so expensive. Like three times as much as what yeah. we've been paying out and here. not nearly as good. Not as good. Yeah. And I do realize now, so... One of my ex-boyfriends, sorry, Adam, his roommate. Are you was apologizing like, for having? Yeah, uh, it's true. I'm telling a story. History outside of our relationship. It's true. I did that. How dare you? I woman. know. <laughs> um, his roommates was from somewhere like really far south. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had friends coming into town. And he was like, Maggie, where should I take my friends? And I was like, Oh, you should go to South Pop Barbecue on mission and he laughed at me <laughs> and i thought that that was so mean <laughs> and now i understand why southpaw <laughs> is new it's the, the it's from the same people that do the alembic did it's you know like that it's like 5 6 years old no okay i'm thinking of something else yeah you're thinking of something else uh, bo Co- no, no let's not uh, play this yeah. game now um anyway. anyway now i understand why that wasn't the first time a southern person had cast shade on my barbecue yeah that's a very shade-worthy Plans. statement. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, I get it. Our barbecue's bullshit. You're right. Yeah. Your barbecue's so like 100 times better. I've pretty much decided I'm going to dedicate at least 10% of my waking life to becoming really good at barbecue. 10% is like really aggressive, though. Ten- of my waking life. I'm still going to sleep. Are you going to be employed? Yeah. <laughs> Self-employed. Okay. With barbecue-related stuff. All right. <laughs> Should we get into the Bs? Yeah, let's do it. It doesn't stand for barbecue. Mm. Fourth barbecue B. beef. Fifth B. <laughs> uh, they stand, as always, for beautiful, brutal, and bizarre. And we picked these from the last week of mm-hmm. activities. Yes, Maggie? Yes, sir. Okay. So my pick for beautiful are going to be just the rolling hills that we've been encountering that mm-hmm. are just covered in trees. Mm-hmm. Very thick forest. You'll get some of these trees that have branches broken off, and so they stand out on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And as you're driving in a car, you get the parallax effect, which is where things that are closer to you move faster than things that are further away, and it makes for a very interesting scene. Mm -hmm. And now that Buddy Baggins has returned on scene, I haven't taken him up yet because we haven't had a really good opportunity because you can't fly him in national parks. Mm -hmm. But maybe we'll be able to capture some pretty good forest parallax effect. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Buddy flies. We're see where in the United States or Canada you are even allowed to fly <sighs> Buddy Baggins. I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Things My beautiful is how few places you're allowed to fly drones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. My beautiful. Mm-hmm. We drove through um, a city or town, I don't know, called Maggie Valley. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Because your name is in it. Yeah, so my name was on all the signs everywhere. So I was like, it's for me. And yeah. we stopped and got like a uh, Cuban coffee at a like, little espresso with a bunch of sugar in it. Basically, it's really yummy. Yeah. Um, and he put whipped cream on it, which I was a big <laughs> fan of because that is not the way they serve it in Cuba. I, so <laughs> I can't tell how much the whipped cream uh-huh. played into your choice of Maggie Town as beautiful. Maggie Valley. Valley. <laughs> Maggie Valley. Maggie Town will be the name of the, the <laughs> town that I start somewhere in California that's just like a billion <laughs> women and our goats. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if it's the whipped cream mm-hmm. or just the fact that your name is in the na- the, the city name. I mean, 50-50. Okay. Yeah. So if it was called like Trienton, you wouldn't be all about it. Trienton. Trienton. 
No one's ever going to let you name a town. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Uh, <laughs> That's we'll not a good avenue for you to go down when you're like looking for employment later on. That's It's a good name for a town if you have a lot of trants in your city. You Do know? you mean like the characters from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, like the, the walking living, trees? The living trees. <laughs> the tree shepherds? Is that how you say it? Trant? Trent? Trant? You know, I'd have to I, rewatch. I think it's Treant. Yeah. I think you're... Treant. Treant. Yeah, so if you have a whole bunch of tree ants guarding your town. Living in a city. Treantin. <laughs> okay. Don't don't criticize What's your my names. for brutal other than your hmm. ability to name towns? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have arrived in Washington, D.C. Yes. It's a big town. Do-do-do. There's a lot of things to see. We're here for a couple days. Mm-hmm. But on our way, our heating and cooling vent mm-hmm. completely stopped and out of the blue. I kind of had a hunch might what might be wrong. Yeah. But, well, you know, you're running air conditioning full time down here. And for it to completely stop already is pretty brutal. Right. And it didn't just stop. It made this like. No, it was like vibrating very, very strong. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't related to whether or not air conditioning was on. It wasn't related mm-hmm. to the temperature. It was just the fan. It was just no matter like if you went to medium. It was really loud. If you went to high, it was like shaking the dashboard loud. Mm-hmm. It just w- broke all out of the blue. Yeah. Right? So not great. We didn't have any airflow. We had to roll down the windows. Pretty brutal. So when we but rolled up into Washington, D.C., we smelled fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So it, it became a high priority. Very mm-hmm. first thing, we, like, <laughs> we, we dropped our stuff off at a hotel. Yeah. And then I took the car straight to the mechanic. And I was like, uh, you know, bracing myself. I didn't think it was like a Freon thing, but I know AC stuff can be pretty expensive. I was bracing myself for a pretty complicated problem. I yeah. found a place that was going to, it was Friday. I was to find a place that was also open on Saturday so we can get work done. But she called me back in like 20 minutes and was like, uh, yeah, we found the problem. Uh, there's a dead rat in your air duct. Which, by the way, <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. It was, it was, and and she sent, she's like, I can send you a picture if you want. Because you know she <laughs> took a picture. And it was like, this is, yeah, this is hilarious. I'm going to take a picture anyway. And so she sends us a picture of, also, we didn't really talk about this, but a dead rat splayed out on our floor mat in the passenger seat. Right, like, did they have to display the rat (laughs) in the car? They could have just taken it and put it on the ground, but... (laughs) (laughs) it's like like, no, this is evidence. This shit came from your car. Yeah, so it's like, here's the air pump of Shadow, and here's the dead rat that was stuck in the air pump. Um... And so, yeah, that's that happened. I have so many questions. But How it, did the rat get in there? Well, so last, the night before, we were in Shenandoah, which we didn't mention, the Shenandoah right. National Park, it which is fine. also a nice park, but it's it's more for hiking through the woods. It's not for, like, a nice vista. Again, rolling hills, very beautiful. But campground, same problem, kind of a busy campground. But it did rain in the middle of the night and got really windy. Mm-hmm. And I think the rat or whatever it was, it was like a mouse. or It was a, a rat. It was a rat. It was yeah. huge. It Took shelter in shadow and unfortunately took shelter in the part that was the air intake for our air conditioning. And we drove for like an hour at least with air conditioning working just fine. And I I just imagine this rat struggling to like Come get on, out. Come on, stop. Don't tell a horror <laughs> story about how the rat died. It's Constant, bad enough that there was a dead well, rat in there. This is my brutal, Maggie. The, <laughs> God. The brutal, the brutal that we had to drive with air conditioning, without air conditioning for like an hour and a half. Oh, boo-hoo, tough us. But it the was brutal, the, <laughs> the real brutal is that this little mammal is struggling oh, for life. Oh, come on. This is 
and ultimately gets sucked into our air pump. Oh. And that was the end of it. Oh. It's the only way I imagine that going down. Because it wasn't like a decaying rat from a long time no, ago. No, it was it a died that day. dead rat. Yeah. So, brutal. Oh, poor ratto. Brutal and also pretty bizarre. Should we have a moment of silence for the rat okay. that Shadow killed? Let's have a moment of silence. Everyone bow your head and think nice thoughts. For the ratto. For the ratto. That's probably sufficient for yeah. a rat. Yeah, it's just a rat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maggie? Yes. What is your brutal? My brutal is also animal related, mm-hmm. also vermin related. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my sister and her now husband, congratulations, Mika and Mark. They dun, have dun, dun. officially eloped, and they're actually in Namibia. Uh, in a lot enough, of the places that we were, they each chose one place that mm-hmm. they always wanted to do a trip, mm-hmm. and they're going to split their honeymoon slash elopement. Right? Yeah. They're actually going to do like vows and stuff on the road. Yeah, it's like yeah. so romantic it's and cool. perfect it's and a really private. Cool idea. Um, and so they're in Namibia, so they have a house sitter and dog sitter right now, mm-hmm. who's a really nice, aspiring young actress who um, my Aunt Sharon and Uncle Todd know because she used to babysit their boys when they were little. And um, she is, like, very elegant and very dainty. That's my, my <laughs> preamble to this story. <laughs> the set of. Yeah. So... I'm out to dinner with Sharon and Todd, um, and Sharon gets a call from the house sitter, Morgan, just like in a panic. And she's like, I think Mika and Mark's dog, Luna, may have bitten or killed a skunk, may have gotten in a fight with a skunk, may have rabies, is skunked. The whole backyard is skunked. The whole house smells like skunk. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. And she's like, just, I'm saying this all so much calmer than it was yeah. happening, but like this, it was like not, this was not going well. And, um, I was in my mind, I was kind of like, all right, <laughs> like this is like her fourth day of being a house sitter and this is not her dog. Like This is too much. So I'm going to go over and help. And, uh, but we were about 40 minutes away. Um, cause my sister lives really far East in LA and my dad lives on the West side. You just say because LA. Because LA. Yeah. And so I was like, tell her I have to go change my clothes and fill the car up with gas, but then I'm coming right over to help her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. Oh, thank God. Like, thank you so much. I was like, sure, 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 sure. It's like, it's my sister's dog. If someone's going to suffer here, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, so I like drive over and, um, I, she opens the door to the house and it indeed smells like fucking skunk just all throughout the house. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And um, the dog's at the door and she's like, well, Luna's back now. So at least that's good. Cause she like couldn't see Luna in the backyard and she was too afraid to open the door Yeah. at first. And that's how she was like really panicked. But now the dog's there. The dog just really wants to come in the house, like really adamantly is trying to come in the house. And we're like, obviously you cannot come in the house. You've just been skunked. Mm-hmm. So I slip out the back, which also smells horribly of skunk and i finally and luna's like really anxious and she's kind of a skittish dog anyway um but she doesn't know me like she's only met me twice before she's a newer dog in their life and she's a rescue so she's like she's anxious Mm -hmm. she's had a tough go and so i was a little nervous but i really didn't want to show it in front of morgan because you know strong fear is contagious yeah so i was like everything's cool come on out and i've got like luna on her by her collar and i was like okay we're gonna tie her to this beam in the backyard and what i want you to do because she was like straining at the leash against the beam 
was like, you just pet Luna and you tell her she's a good dog and like you keep trying to give her these treats, you know, do stuff to make her feel calm because she knows you better. She's been living with you for like four days. So Morgan does and Luna calms down a little bit and I get into like washing her with this hydrogen peroxide noxious shit. Mm -hmm. And as I'm washing her, I'm like, the skunk smell is really clearing up. But it's not because the skunk smell is going away. It's because it just smells like wet dog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait. Right. (laughs) So I like lean in and I I do like a really big like (laughs) on the dog. (laughs) The dog has not been skunked. Yeah. Like the the yard got skunked. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, this poor fucking dog. So she's like anxious. She just wants to get inside because like the skunk's out there. And then we like start hosing her down. Yeah. <laughs> she's in the just middle like, of the night. She's like, why are you washing me? I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why for? Yeah. So we finally like let her in and she ran back and forth for like seven minutes straight between her dish and her her blanket. Mm-hmm. Poor dog. Yeah. Anyway, so the, so the brutal is really for Luna who Not got for hosed you, for, down for in the Luna. middle of the night. Yeah. 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 So that was, <laughs> that's my that's brutal. That's a pretty rough little role for Luna. Like, oh, geez, there's a, dangerous animal out here please let jeez, me in i'm it locked outside out. in the animal's smell for hours oh geez they're spraying me with water exactly <laughs> what's going on like, picture all of this from luna's perspective <laughs> of just like why <laughs> why are you doing this so now if mika's dog didn't know how to feel about me she definitely hates me because yeah. i just showed up in the middle of the night and ruined her life poor luna i know should we get into bizarre yeah um so i mentioned my whole kerfuffle mm-hmm. with getting shadow out of the port mm-hmm. and i needed a tow truck driver and i'll just add that i was in miami for a couple days and there, i've heard like the jokes like that whole meme of like florida man blank 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 like does something right. ridiculous just like a headline in the newspaper for instance yeah but i really didn't have that feeling and i did go you know i played poker in miami i like met people hung out did this, some CrossFit. Yeah, did a CrossFit drop-in. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of cultural exposure, and I didn't really get the, like, ridiculous Florida man vibe until <laughs> the, to- <laughs> the tow truck driver. Um, he, first of all, like, I'm in this situation where I want to drop the car off, and I'm on a little bit of a limited time schedule because I need to get the car fixed that night. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I call the tow truck company. It's like, when can the guy get here? He's like, oh, probably 30, 40 minutes, no problem. And I'm in the port, so I'm a little worried about that aspect because it's like I had to go through two security checks. So I gave my phone number, and I'm not sure my phone's going to ring because it's a T-Mobile prepaid, and I've never had it work before. Right. All this extra stuff. So an hour and a half later, I end up getting a call from this guy, and he's like, I can't find you. Where are you? And already I'm like, oh, geez. He sounds a little... little Well, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) That may explain it. But just a little frazzled and a little out there. And he's just like, I can't. And he's like rambling on for a little bit. I can't find anything here. This There's like, I see a boat. I see a crane. It's like. Yeah, it's you're a, in a port. It's dude. a huge shipping port. So <laughs> that's not a great, uh, not, not helping here. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, are you next to this address? He's like, well, I don't, I don't use GPS. I was like, okay, do you have a map? He's like, I don't need a map. It's like, well. <laughs> but you don't know where you <laughs> yeah, are. All the evidence in this situation points to the contrary, sir. <laughs> um, eventually, we get him into the port, and he's like, you know, he's got the onesie on. Or what is it? Jumpsuit. He's yeah, got the jumpsuit. jumpsuit. <laughs> he's like a 50-year-old guy, portly guy. 
and he's got his father in the cab of the truck for reasons unclear. <laughs> like, not he's not there to help. He's just there to, like, add commentary, color commentary. <laughs> so he, he gets Shadow up on the, tr- on the, the back of the truck. That all goes fine. Mm-hmm. And then we're leaving the port. And I know for a fact, like, there are multiple steps in taking a car out of a shipping container and bringing it onto U.S. soil. <laughs> There's lots of, like... Regulations, terrorist prevention acts, all this stuff. Uh-huh. The guy in the tow truck who would just pull up to every single checkpoint that we came to and just be like, bye, and like not really even stop. <laughs> he rolled down the window. He's hanging out the window, and he's just like, bye, and he just keeps going. And oh, the, my God. They would look at him, and they'd kind of look at the car, but we had already be past them, and we just kept going and going. So, wait, do you mean to say you basically smuggled Shadow back into the <laughs> yeah, United States? that's what... <laughs> Multiple times, like he would just stick to the leftmost lane, cut the line completely, <laughs> cut in at the checkpoint and just say bye and assume that he can go. And the crazy thing is it worked fine. It worked perfectly. <laughs> no one stopped us. You know, you do anything with enough confidence. What yeah. does my dad always say? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a, a great example of that. Just like, oh, I guess that's how it works. I know it was just <laughs> us. Like, driving out in shadow, there would be lots of questions. Yeah. There would be inspections to make sure we weren't bringing soil on. Mm-hmm. The police were there to check the car's registration. Never had to do any <laughs> of that. All of it just went, yeah. went just, like, <laughs> one minute to exit the port because the guy just floored it. So um, he then proceeded to get us lost and get really mad at me when I took out my map, my GPS, <laughs> and started checking with him if he was going to make every turn because he added, like, it was a five-minute drive that took 20 minutes because he kept... We basically drove a full circle. Uh, you know, driving drunk is hard. I'm pretty sure he was drunk. <laughs> yeah. So I'm uh, going to give that guy the Bizarre Award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maggie, your pick for Bizarre? I mean, I'm kind of surprised this wasn't your pick for Bizarre as well. Mm-hmm. But we went to Dinosaur Kingdom 2, uh-huh. which is a Confederate dinosaur-themed road stop uh-huh. based on a comic book written by one man. One man owned some land, and he it wrote some comic books. It was previously Foamhenge, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and apparently that wasn't classy enough, so he changed it <laughs> yeah. into a Confederate dino-punk retelling of the Civil War. So what does that mean for the, for the listeners? Okay, Maggie? so steampunk is a retelling of history with, like, gizmos and gadgets powered by steam that didn't exist, actually, in history. It's mm-hmm. a way of fictionalizing stuff. Okay. So this was dino-punk. So best as I can figure, which is there were no dinosaurs during the Civil War. But this is a Mm reimagining in which explosions wake up the dinosaurs that had been dormant in the South. And the Confederacy figured out how to utilize them by uh, fighting them into submission, so best as I can tell. Including one great scene with Stonewall Jackson fighting a giant white dinosaur with a robotic arm. Mm -hmm. And... In so using, the dinosaurs were able to keep the Union at bay for, like, way longer than they should have been able to. And the Union, so upset by this change of events and, like, change of power, when they won the war, erased all of this from history because they were so embarrassed by it. The victor does get to write the history book, Maggie. Exactly. Yeah. And th- this, was, this little roadstop was very aware of that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just so you know... No one in the Union will ever admit that this happened. Yeah. But this is the real story. Yeah. With the dinosaurs. And the inexplicable green 
globule guys. You know, I didn't do as good yeah. a job as I could there of paying green, attention. Green blob guys. You did a much better job than I was. I was just I mean, there I for the sound I want to know why effects. Abraham Lincoln was sending a pterodactyl with news away. No, no, no. I read, I looked at the comic page. That pterodactyl snatched his documents. And oh. he was like, get back here with my important documents. Uh-huh. Abraham Lincoln was made a fool by that pterodactyl. Hmm. Yeah. Little now you know, Maggie. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> the more I know. So this uh, park you walk through, and there's like a fake documentary rolling in the theater that you can watch yeah. that explains everything that's going on. We did not watch the full 10 minutes of it, obviously, or we'd have a better grasp <laughs> on this alternate <laughs> history. I kind of cut us Yeah, off. Adam was like, we are not spending that much <laughs> yeah. time here because I'd already, <laughs> it was $10 each to get in. Yeah. And Adam was like, are you sure? And I was like, I am positive. Yeah. Because I saw a giant, the, the marquee for it says Dinosaur Kingdom 2, and it has a Confederate soldier fighting a T-Rex. And I was like, I'm going in there, and you <laughs> cannot stop me. Yeah, um, I was powerless to stop her. And then it was like a lot of uh, action scenes, mm-hmm. including Confederate soldiers and dinosaurs, sometimes like fighting and sometimes working together. Yeah, I think the South came to terms with the yeah, dinosaurs. They just like harnessed the dinosaur yeah. power. Yeah, Um yeah. So that was exciting. Yeah. I kind of wish we'd gone to the gift shop. Mm, I, do, I don't. <laughs> don't kind of wish that. <laughs> anyway, that is the weirdest, hands down, the most bizarre road stop we have found so far. Yeah, but we're going to try to up that. I mean, so, we went to the Roswell Museum. Yeah, that was actually pretty straight down the middle. You know, That we, wasn't you nearly as expect. weird as I was hoping. Yeah. Like I wanted way more people there who took it really seriously and everyone there was in on the joke. And I was like, this isn't as much fun. Yeah. And yeah. this was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I am indeed a stranger in a strange land <laughs> full of Confederate dinosaurs. So we are in D.C. now. Yes, indeed. And we're going to head northeast a bit through Connecticut to mm. see my family. We're going to do a Connecticut stop, which mm-hmm. is actually not that far. The East Coast is a lot smaller. Everything's so small. No, you know what it is? Hmm. The highways are so much faster. Yeah. We are, like, we're covering so much distance yeah. so fast. Yeah, it's we're just true. N- We're not used to it. Um, but, yeah, we're going to head north. Connecticut mm-hmm. is as far north as we're going to get, and then we're going to cut probably up through uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. hear really cool things about it, mm-hmm. cross Niagara, maybe? I don't know. Well, uh, we're we're going we'll to look at a map. And then we're, we're crossing into, into Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you would like to support the show and our adventures and potentially future ventures, uh, you can support us on Patreon. If we hit that goal, we're about $50 away from the goal that we would really love to do, just like keeping up with a consistent bonus episode every month. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very close to that. So if you yeah. guys can pitch in, if you're just like right on the fence... Join the water. The water is nice. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash let's not panic. Mm-hmm. You can also see pictures from our trip at let's not panic on Instagram. Yeah, I imagine you'll get some pictures of some rolling hills with trees on them. Or something. Or maybe some Confederate dinosaurs. I haven't even decided <laughs> yet. I have so many options. Yeah. And you can also subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. We do love it when you do that. It's true. It warms our cold, cold little hearts. Mm-hmm. Almost as much as Patreon support. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are. I'm